Welcome to The Finer Things. I'm Lisa and this is Wes. Hey everybody, we are podcasting live from the Members Only Lounge here in the beautiful Cigar Lodge on Akron, Ohio. How are you, Lisa? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well now that we're back in the show here. What are you smoking today? I have a, let me see. It's a big deal here. Davidoff Signature. Davidoff is a nice brand and I'm enjoying it thoroughly. Lisa and I have the same cigar. It's the Davidoff Signature. I've got the Toro from Geneva, which is uh, in American that means Geneva uh, on the side there. So it's a Toro. It's a, it's oily, as uh, Lisa indicated prior to us going on air. It really is. That's one of the things that you should look for in a good cigar. And in fact, that is today's topic. But before we get to that, what are you drinking? I have the Mac Twelve Macal- Mac. Anytime I use the term Mac, is uh, short for the McAllen. Always. Always. And uh, we're going to have a couple of, this will be a special two, special two-parter. We're going to take all our time here and do this right. Yeah. Um, and uh, for the record, I'm drinking the same thing. We're twinsies today. Yeah, so we're going to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get different notes than I do in both drink and smoke. And that's cool. That's exactly why we do this. That is the whole point of the podcast. And the yeah, Mac we're 12... talking about cigars today, so... Well, and uh, the Mac 12 is always a, it's a 12, so it's a little young, it's a little, but yeah. it is perfect as far as I'm concerned. Um, as far and it's good as far as I'm concerned. Quite we, good. You can't go wrong. And a Davidoff cigar has never been out of style. No. It's no, it's beautiful. A little on the higher end, it is a luxury cigar, so mm-hmm. as far as costs are concerned, it's going to be... A big deal, but it so, will never ever disappoint you. It correct. It, it it's a it's guaranteed go to. I mean, with quality and cost, there is some sort of guarantee, at least implicitly. Yes. And in the tobacco, we have it. Now, what would you uh, like to talk about today? Cigars. Awesome. Lisa's got notes. I'm I got so... a few notes. I think <laughs> Wes might have notes, oh, yeah, or notes. he's going to wing it. Uh, never <laughs> we'll wing see. it. Never wing it. So what? Uh, so what? Uh, as far as cigars are concerned, mm-hmm. let's start at the beginning. The beginning. So what do we? Uh, so In the far, beginning. I mean, obviously, we all know that cigars talk about um, come from tobacco and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. And last uh, we last time we talked a lot about the economics and how we are. It's an ec- economic situation and how everybody. Is growing tobacco and everything else like that. Right. But uh, the first tobacco leaves have been traced back to 6,000 BC. Oh my God. So that's rough. It's roughly 8,000 years old. Sure. So it, with that level of experience comes some expertise in how to grow it because it is a crop and everything else like that. And we've all heard of uh, Tobacco Road here in. America, and especially if you're a fan of March Madness, uh, you've got the North Carolina mm-hmm. and Duke. It's on Tobacco Road. Um, it's in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and if you're familiar, that is the name of a cigarette that was named after, it is. <laughs> after a uh, city. And America has always had a long history of tobacco ever since Columbus found uh, the you know North America. I mean, it's always been part of our history and our agri- especially our agricultural history. And with the tobacco, it always came with a cigar, because if you'll just to you know get you into the drill down method here, the cigarette is it's a cigarette. You can pronounce it that way. Yes, I mean if you if you couldn't read, that's how we're doing this. That's how you would do it. So it's a little cigar. It's typically cigarettes are toasted tobacco. They. It's going to have very different flavors. If you've never smelled a cigar, it's a really, really different flavor than a cigarette. So, you know, keep that in mind. Others smoked cigars. God bless them for it. They, uh, Washington, Hamilton, um, John Adams. I mean, they're all part of, um, I mean, again, if we're, we're also cognizant of the health risks of cigars. Uh, however, when you're going to live until you're 50, there's a lot of things that you don't have to worry about. And one of those right. uh, is uh, secondhand smoke. Uh, and so if you go back to the 17, you know, the 14, 15, 16, 1700s, where the average uh, age of death was maybe 50. Sure. I mean, you're an old man at that point. Right. Uh, we can safely assume that secondhand smoke is not a big deal because there's a lot more things in this, on the earth that are going to kill you by that time. Yeah. 
Uh, so, I mean, tobacco was grown, it was rolled, it was smoked, and it was also used for trade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously in the, in the South, in a more recent history, uh, we've, you know, always had a great crop of tobacco in America, and we've got Connecticut wrappers now, and there's always the right. choice for the Cubans and everything else like that. And plus, the cigars always come in different shapes and sizes, don't they? They do. In fact, that's the bulk of my notes today. I had to print this out because there's... There are so many different sizes and ring gauges of cigars. The ring gauge refers to how wide it is. Kind of kind of the, the width of it, if you will. Correct. Ga- um, the gauge, yes. I mean, it sort of starts at an 18, which, honestly, that's smaller than a cigarette. A cigarette's about a 20. And it goes all the way up to a 78. And, I mean, that's a massive cigar. I've had one here that I reviewed. I cannot remember the name of it off the top of my head. But it was about a 72 or a 78. And like I said then, the problem with it is when it's that big, it will crack. It's hard to keep lit because you're puffing through so much cigar at that point. So much tobacco. And the longer you go the more the tar builds up towards where you're sucking. And so it gets harder and harder. It'll split. It'll crack. They're not pleasant. Do not, if you're not an experienced cigar smoker, do not go and be like, I need to get a a cigar the size of a baseball bat. No, you'll look stupid and you won't enjoy yourself not getting a quality product. It's a novelty. It's definitely a novelty. Yeah, so and as far as their Davidoff is concerned, uh, we'll give you the notes here on Davidoff, yeah. at least from the, the site. That the, uh, our, the signature series, that that's what we're smoking. It has a Dominican binder with an Ecuador sun-grown wrapper okay. and the fillers to create the medium to mellow bodied blend and its rich, complex flavors. So, and I can definitely attest to all of that. Lisa's taken a few puffs there. Agreed. And so walk us through each of those. What does it mean when it says Dominican, Ecuadorian? Sure, those are countries, but what does that mean? Well, when there is, it, it really where it's grown. And the binder, okay. so the binder, like a, like a cigar has various different um, parts. Correct. So we've got the wrapper, the filler, the binder. Yes. Yes. And so each one of those, or if they're from a different kind of tobacco or a different area, will influence how the cigar tastes, how it is built, how it will last. I mean, there's a multitude of factors here. It's all about the terroir of the um, tobacco, where it's grown. I usually explain terroir in terms of wine. If you think about a Cabernet from France, that's going to taste very different than a Cabernet from say California and it's because the soil's different, the climate's different, the rain, the literally everything that goes into it is just a little bit different. So even though it's the same type of grape, and in theory that grape should taste the same, it doesn't because that's all been affected by that terroir. The same is true of any natural product. You have a terroir for tea, for scotch, honestly. Yeah, oh yeah. For cigars, most definitely. So, you know, if you get the wrapper from, say, Dominican Republic and you get the uh, filler from Ecuador, well, that's going, it's, each one has its own notes that go into it and it kind of blends together and makes a unique product. And that's where the artistry comes in. Like we were talking about scotch. uh, last time it's that artist you know that that touch that je ne sais quoi that that gut feeling of you know this season was wonderful we had right. plenty of uh growing opportunity for the tobacco and so it's going to feel this much differently and everything else like that right so it's very very important to know that uh you know and again i'll uh give you the little historical thing i'm a history buff and you know i kind of like those things but uh in 1600 as tobacco was used as a cash crop, mm-hmm. they used it instead of a gold standard. They call it the tobacco standard. Nice. So if you're not if you're familiar with the term gold standard, that's how people would base money. Yeah. And so <laughs> tobacco was that important to uh, the United Kingdom, and it's wow. called 
the Virginia blend tobacco because it was grown in Virginia mm, <laughs> and the Virginias. So that's uh, that's how it rolls. So that's you know again, tobacco is a long, rich history. Yeah. That's very very important. Um, and then you know obviously cigar is goes hand in hand because that's how we rolled it. Right. Uh, we instinctively it, you, as if. One of the quotes that I sometimes use is, as if uh, bricks would happen by chance. How you could wet clay and not make a brick. Um, You you just, inevitably, you're going to make a brick when you wet clay. And if you're growing tobacco, you're going to roll it and then you're going to smoke it. I mean, that's the beautiful part of agriculture here in America. Now, I will say that I have tried rolling my own cigars before and... There is definitely an art to it, and it's not necessarily an art that I've developed on my own. Where did you try to do that? um, It was probably about 2013-ish. Were you on a trip? No. uh, My ex-husband, my husband at the time, I bought him a cigar rolling kit. We tried it, and they looked like (laughs) dog food. They uh, look like somebody who's just learning how to roll a cigar. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty bad. It's uh, pretty bad. That's so funny. Um, Yeah, that's the... And again, with cigars, it's very, very important to know that you're going to make sure that you find what you like. I mean, Lisa and I can give you as much advice as we want to, um, but eventually you have to make the call. I mean, that's not a joke. Yesterday, I was talking about Davidoff cigars with my boyfriend, but at the time, I was smoking, literally, it's called cheap-ass cigars. (laughs) And you know what? It wasn't bad. It certainly didn't compare to the Davidoff, but it wasn't bad. And so you got to find what you like. Sometimes I find these little cheapy cigars, and it's like, Dang, that's really good. I mean, especially for the price, that's impressively good. Right. There's always an economic factor when it comes There's to cigars. Always, too. Always. And, and as we puff on these super premium Davidoffs, which yeah. are, again, arguably speaking, they can be 30 to $40 a stick, okay? Yes. So this is not a everyday smoke. Although we if are If it here. is for you, God bless yeah. you. Would you like my phone number? Our Patreon account is <laughs> patreon.com slash thefighterthings. So we appreciate those donations. Again, keep them coming. Um, so that's the idea. I mean, and cigars, uh, and one of the things is, uh, if everybody's seen the um, Indiana Jones movie, the last one, where they were in the Mayans and everything else like that, if you're not familiar with the movie, they were drawing uh, you know, various different things. That's where they believe that the cigar originated was the ancient Mayans. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're talking about in the 10th century, where they would draw pictures of uh, ancient Mayans who would wrap a, wrap a very large tobacco leaf and then smoke it. And again, this is thousands of years ago. Right. I mean, this is just in, just impressive. And they would just draw it, and they would smoke it. And then, you know, obviously we get the Christopher Columbus and everything else like that. But yeah, you're uh, usually, uh, as far as the much like everything in life, uh, we started in London. In the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And what we used to joke, and I've used this joke before, is if it wasn't for the United Kingdom, not a lot of countries would have an Independence Day. Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> true. So when everybody celebrates an Independence Day, they're like, who are we celebrating independence from? It's yeah. usually the United Kingdom because we were at least one time their colony. Right. <laughs> Canada, America, I mean, there's a, they had, they're the ones that had the most. India was their colony for Pete's sake. I mean, that's yeah. a huge amount of things. So, you know, starting out, the tobacco trade was always in London and always for the um, the upper class. And you could tell them by the cigars mm-hmm. that they smoked and everything else like that. Because you'd have a tobacconist. Like you would have a druggist or a leathersmith or something else like that. Like we don't have those uh, many things these days. But you would have a tobacconist. Yeah. And uh, Lisa would call down the tobacconist and say, we need a box of our cigars. I still do that, and that's why I visit the members only lounge at the Cigar at the Lodge cigar in Akron, Lodge. Ohio. Here in beautiful Akron, Ohio. So, and there's a different cigar for everybody. I mean, uh, you know, uh, we have a chart that can gauge your ring gauge and everything else like that. So that's super helpful. Yeah, the, I mean, the ring gauges are crazy. So, Wes, what was this cigar before we started? What size was it? 
This, uh, what we had... Was it a Churchill? Uh, I don't think it was a Churchill. It was okay. a Toro. It was a Toro. Okay. That's what we got. The church, yeah, it's a Toro. So here's the difference. Uh, church, yeah. When you hear people talk about Churchill and Toro and Robusto, Corona comes up quite often. Those are referring to a combination of the length of the cigar and the width of it. So Churchill is about seven inches and a 49 ring gauge. The Toro is six to six and a half, and it's about a 50 to 54 ring gauge. So it's a little thicker around. It's a little bit shorter. Like, we all know that Winston Churchill loved his cigars. He smoked... I Hence the size. The, the size I, is named after him. Right. If I remember correctly, he smoked, I think, eight to 12 a day. That's a lot. Yeah. That's an awful lot. Yeah. I'm... Checking right now how many Mark Twain smoked because the number was staggering. Um, yeah, and, we, and Americans do consume their fair share of cigars. At least one estimate has it that Americans consume one half, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, yeah, one half billion cigars annually. So wow. if you figure that there's 350, you know, make the math easy, you figure there are 350 million Americans. Not all of them can smoke because obviously you've got you know children. So you figure everybody in America, we we consume enough cigars for everybody in America to smoke two a year, which feels right, at least to me. Um, I know I'm bringing up the average. I know that. I tend to do honestly. I tend to do about two a day. They're not all David Offs, baby. <laughs> And that's why you want to get to know Lisa, because they are David Offs, and that's, uh, she's lit one with a $100 bill once, and it was, I'm not going to I'm not gonna lie, it was the most interesting thing I've ever seen that day, that's for sure. All lies, but I'll go with it. <laughs> I'd like that reputation out there of me. Okay, so I looked it up, and it's thought that Mark Twain smoked 20 cigars a day. They couldn't have, they got to be the small ones. They've got to be the... They have to yeah, be, because, mean, I mean, on average, it takes... 45 minutes to an hour to smoke a cigar and it, it multiplied by 20. I mean, we're talking about, does he sleep? Does he eat? I'm sure he smokes a cigar while he eats, but that's... They got to be the small ones. That's a little excessive. Yeah, they got to be. And it, part of that, though, is, is looking at the finer things, is what the cigar represents. I mean... When you're when America was a predominantly agricultural community, I mean, you had a lot of time on your hands, and you had smoking rooms, and we're you kind of ignore your societal interest of now we have a smoking ban and everything else like that. And again, we are not that we're ignoring the health risks, but you are ignoring them in the 17 and 1800s because we've right. got a lot more issues at hand there because that's going through the American Industrial Revolu Revolution. And, you know, you've got cigars and everything else like that. So you'd have old rooms where sure. gentlemen, and again, gentlemen, nine times out of ten, would smoke cigars, and you, everybody gets together, and they'd enjoy themselves. And it was not right. a quick cigar. You, that's how business got done. I mean, One hour. That's exactly, I mean, the um, that is the old stereotypical, like if you look from a, at a, um, a uh, cartoon, from any period of time, at least in American history, from like the 1920s, 30s, if you wanted to show corruption, you would always show a larger guy, and yeah. they'd always have all, have a cigar in their hand, yeah. or they'd have a cigar in their mouth, and that image of a fat cat, yeah. or a uh, you know something like that, always included a cigar in that mix. Right, and that's kind of where we where the cigar has got its got identity, at least in the last hundred years. So we sort of almost touched on it. What is it like for you to smoke a cigar today, now, in this environment? Because I certainly have very different experiences than you do, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Well, for me, I mean, I know it depends, at least here in Ohio, we can't smoke indoors when we have uh, go to a meal or anything else like that. So it used to be, before before Ohio had a smoking ban, I we would, my friends and I, we'd go to and have scotch and cigar nights. Nice. It would be a monthly event, and, it, you know, it was boys, you know, boys hanging out with your crew, your squad, as the kids call it now, and you'd go to a restaurant, and we, we'd have two or three, and we'd, we'd always knew the manager. Sure. We'd always call ahead, and we'd say, listen, we're, there's going to be four of us, we're going to be coming in, we're going to sit at the bar, 
we're going to smoke cigars, we're going to drink scotch. I mean, we're going to, it's going to be a check. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's going to be some value to the bar here. I mean, that's what we're telling them. So that way they'd also give us the opportunity to say, you know, no, we don't want you to be here and right. we'd move on because we're, you know, very polite. Um, and, and that's part of the cigar smoking. So at least from my perspective, I've always been able to smoke a cigar whenever I wanted to. Sure. Now, I know some older judges who remember when they would have ashtrays at the council table because you could smoke in the courtroom and god <laughs> i need a time machine right and, now well right and this might have been before women could were predominantly in the law so that, yeah, whatever. <laughs> i mean that's just the history it's not a, it's not how it is now but i can assure you it is not how it is now uh, <laughs> it is it, not no, I, how uh, it is it, now. just just to button that real quick I, we, I practice in Summit County, and every trial court judge in Summit County is a girl. So I, when someone says we need more That's women true. in the law, I... I Come to Summit County, Ohio. When I, we got it. And if I were to say anything out of line, I mean, I'd have 10 ladies who were ready to throw me in jail. Yeah. So, um, But typically, um, it would be gentlemen smoking the cigars <laughs> and everything else like that. Um, and I don't want typically. I'm talking about today. Today, for me, it's really easy because I'm either at the club here at the Members Only Lounge. It's the Cigar Lodge. If I'm with my friends, they usually have a uh, garage or a, right. a shed that we're outside. Um, but we're enclosed from the elements because it gets cold. I mean, it just gets it cold. And it depends. I mean, uh, for me, it's not a hassle because I smoke in my car. I mean, that's the other thing. I, I smoke a cigar in my car, but that's the... Again, I do in my Mustang. I not a winter. in my Hyundai. And yeah, I'm not driving a lot in the winter in Akron, Ohio, on snow and ice in a Mustang. It's bad times. Yeah, so, I mean, I smoke cigars. Everybody I know knows that I smoke cigars. I mean, I'll walk into my meetings and whatnot, and I'll have a cigar cutter or a cigar in my uh, yeah. pocket. I mean, it's not... It's not a shock to anybody that I smoke cigar. Sure. Um, and I don't think I've had any issues with it because, you know, you, you cigar smokers are usually ones that are not crucified. It's usually the cigarette smokers that are crucified, yeah. but not cigar smokers. So I haven't had any issues. How about you? It's very different experience. Um, the Cigar Lodge is very woman-friendly. When we have events here, there's always women. That being said... I'm one of the few that smokes cigars, that actually actively smokes cigars. I will mention to people that I smoke cigars, and inevitably they look at me like, oh, why would you do that? Or, honestly, it's kind of sexualized in a lot of contexts. I've been told that I should do advertising for my law firm with me smoking a cigar. And it's like, <laughs> That's I'm a gutsy call. Not gutsy call. attracting customers based on, ooh, I look smart. I'm attracting them on, let's face it, a cigar is very phallic type of object. And so it's not necessarily a thing I love, but it exists, and I know it exists. And I'm not going to quit smoking cigars, so I kind of have to deal with it, you know. And let me be really clear once again. I don't get that vibe here at the Cigar Lodge. No, you've been, yeah. That's why I keep coming here. I have been to places where it's like, oh, a chick smoking a cigar. I mean, I've gotten that once or twice, and it's just... Hi, what's your name? Can you go away right now? (laughs) Usually with stronger language than that. That's so funny. Well, and, and arguably speaking, I mean, now at day and age, you've got to, especially smoking a cigar, it's, it takes time. It, it takes 45 minutes, takes an hour, it takes a period of time. It is not a, right. it's not a cigarette break. It's not a smoke break. Um, you can't, if you can smoke a cigar and a smoke break, then you may have a problem. Yeah. Um, you may you have definitely. a problem. No, you definitely yeah. have a problem. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. So, but, uh. Well, that's kind of why I tend to smoke two a day. I start my day, if I can, in any possible way. I start with a cigar. I'll go outside in the morning, drop my daughter off at school, go outside, have a cigar, and then boom, I hit the office after that. Hit the morning ride. I might have early morning hearings, and it's got to wait. Wes has a lot more early morning hearings than I do. For sure. But... I tend to start my day with a cigar. 
I also like to end my day with snark because it's me sitting in my garage and it's very quiet. It's alone time. I can gather my thoughts. Contemplative. Sometimes I can attack my mental to-do list and build it in my head. Here's what I need to do during the day. And just taking that one hour at the first of the day and building that, I knock things off that list like you would not believe because it's my time to just be alone and focus on that. And I end the day with a cigar so that I can decompress. It's, okay, I need to process what happened today. I need to figure out where to slot this, this, and this. Done. Okay, put that to bed and it's time to relax and enjoy my time at home. The mental checklist. Yeah. Well, and that's very, very important. I mean, because, again, it's a small process. It's a enjoyment process. And you're, in, like Lisa said, you're in a contemplative mood. Um, you can't be running around the house or, in essence, exercising while you're smoking right. a cigar. So you're just enjoying yourself. You're going through the process. You know, again, that mental checklist is very huge uh, because everybody has a different day. You know, it depends what you're having that day. Sure. And cigars also can be used for celebratory events. I mean, births of children are were usually met with a cigar. Right. That's like, a very typical thing in very the United typical. States, at least, is there's kind of this trope of the 50s. The guy's out in the waiting room, and he's got the box of cigars. In the in the hospital, they're smoking cigars. Let's just be clear here. <laughs> and he's, he's waiting until the nurses and doctors come and say, congratulations, you've got a boy. And well, you've he hands out those yeah. boy cigars. and Which were promptly lit and smoked. And everybody in the waiting room, all the other expectant fathers are like, hey, congratulations. Smack him on the back, shake his hand, <laughs> and light that sucker up. Not in the too distance of the past, I would my, I would add. Now, if you try to light a cigar in a hospital, they would uh, call up the, the National Guard. Yes. <laughs> so uh, You would go away in handcuffs. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, just, it's an interesting thing. I mean, it's like one of those things. And the tobacco takes time. I mean, everybody... It, with our age of instantaneous, always on, um, gimme, 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 right. that, a cigarette does fulfill that instant need for nicotine. Um, uh, the cigarette does that. It does. The cigar does provide nicotine, but it doesn't provide it instantly. Right. And so... It, it, and the flavor is very different. The cigarette you're definitely smoking it because you need nicotine i don't know of tons and tons of people even smokers especially smokers cigarette smokers that are like mm, love the taste of a cigarette and even they hate it but you know it is what it is you need that nicotine fix how's that david off coming oh it's beautiful how far how far down are we um uh halfway halfway i'd say that yeah I'm holding it up so he can kind of visually are we, change. Yeah, we uh, we haven't uh, changed any of the flavors or notes or anything. It's been very consistent, it's at least in my opinion. It's really crazy consistent. That's the beauty of the day. That's the sales point for most of your super uh, premium cigars. Yeah. Is that when you light it to the, to the first draw, to the last draw, you are going to get a quality, consistent draw and flavor yeah. pretty much throughout the entire time. As we've done other cigars... Well, on this podcast, it'll be uh, different uh, depending on when we lit it versus the very end. I mean, some cigars we can't even get through because we're like, eh, no, eh, no, yeah. no thanks. And I mean, I briefly touched on it earlier that the reason why is as you're drawing the um, tobacco, the smoke, all of that is going all throughout the entire length of that wrapper and filler and you're having... It's a much longer draw. So when you first light it, you're going to get much lighter, more interesting flavors. That tar starts to build up as you smoke it because it's all getting pulled towards the mouth end where you actually smoke. And so that builds up throughout the cigar. So for it to stay consistent throughout Huge. is kind of a miracle Huge. if you think about it because you're... You know that's going to happen, and somehow you've got to fight that as a tobacco manufacturer. Right, and to when a tobacco is harvested, I mean, it, tobacco leaves are harvested and aged using a curing process that does combine heat and shade to reduce the sugar 
and the water content without causing the leaves to rot. I mean, that's a big yes. deal. And that takes between 25 and 45 days. And again, we will, yes. I've always said that the problem with 10-year-old scotch is that it takes 10 years to make. So yeah. it, depending on the climate and everything else like that, tobacco leaves can take about a month. I mean, yeah. give, or, give or take about a month. I mean, that seems to be where it is. Fermentation then follows, and that's when the temperature and humidity are controlled, and that's where you get the flavor, the aroma, and the burning characteristics, and you can also forestall and prevent the rot and the disintegration. Because again, we're, we're talking about drying out a leaf, right. because tobacco is a plant, and then you're trying to dry it out to a point where you can then manipulate it and create something with it, but right. then you're trying not to completely throw it away. And I have to deal. admit, I did not know that, and I've smoked cigars for a while. Um, I Obviously, I know that it's a natural product, and it's going to have its own variations in the natural product, and that any manufacturer of any quality good of any sort is going to want to control the quality and produce a consistent thing. So let's say you make leather goods, you need a quality source of leather. Well, leather comes from cows. The cows are going to vary. How do you get it exactly the same every time? Scotch, you want a consistent product. How do you get it consistent when all of the things going into it are not consistent? They all vary. So, And that's it, just like we talked about last time when it came to scotch. Lisa's exactly the same way. With this day and age, that um, everything's GPS monitored. So you have all these different, I mean, again, tobacco is a crop. So each acre or field that a farmer has can use GPS technology to ascertain the amount of rain they receive, average temperature on a day. And again, we're creating all of this data that now, did we used to have this data? Absolutely. And, and through human history, it was mainly done through the mind and through uh, right. written records and not necessarily with a computer. Now, if you have, you know, a thousand acres of tobacco, you can check out what the humidity is, the rain, you know, the amount of moisture that you get, all these different factors, the soil, the exact soil composition of what exact chemicals are in there, sure. and you generate all this data. I mean, and all this data goes into the computer, especially for the larger growers, they can say, okay, for me to get a maximum yield, because that's what I mean. Maximum yield is that you get the most out of every acre that you possibly can without destroying the soil, and that's very important too. So you've got all this data, and so you can find, like, looking at the farmer's almanac, <laughs> which is still a thing. And when they predict the weather, you can say, okay, the weather is going to be predicted to this, that, and the other, and then you right. kind of have a general idea as a grower. Okay, this is how my harvest is going to be, or at sure. least this is my expectation of what it should be, and that consistency and that regularity of at least in essence something that used to be done by hand is amazing it is absolutely amazing especially with technology because then you can figure out which you get a bad field or you've got something going on in one yeah. field you know yeah. and you may have suspected it but now you know yeah so one of the things i want to talk about as far as cigars are concerned is okay let's say you're into it you've got a humidor what does your humidor humidity, humidor and humidity, Correct. they're linked, that what's same the, root word. What's the uh, what's the little thing called? It's not a thermometer. It's a, oh God, is it a hygrometer? <laughs> it's a hygrometer. She, I Lisa, got close. <laughs> Lisa was, was uh, looking there. at the, trying to blank there. but uh, You want to keep it about, ideal is it needs to be 70 degrees. And 70% humidity. It can vary between 65 and 74. That's 21 degrees Celsius for all you non... Oh my god, he did that in his head. <laughs> there you go. 20 to 22 degrees Celsius. That's what you're looking at. So do you know why? I can suspect. Okay. I got a few reasons. One, I've had a cigar... I, I did this to myself... In a lot of ways, I've had a cigar that was over-hydrated. Um, the issue is, and the reason I did it, it was a decent cigar. It was a Cuban. It was... Boom, Cuban. God bless my boyfriend, but 
he had some cigars and left them in a warehouse for several years. Unhydrated and Cuban cigars. I know. I said, don't mistreat your cigars, baby. And I'm trying to bring it back. So I put it in the Ziploc and put it in the refrigerator. I know why I made the mistake, but it was a mistake. (laughs) Right. And the reason Lisa is doing that. So trying to rehydrate it, essentially. So tobacco will dry out. And And when it does, the wrapper cracks. Very brittle. And you can't smoke it. If your wrapper goes, you have, it's not loose tobacco in there. It's all rolled up, but your cigar is gone. You cannot hold that together without your wrapper. So if your wrapper goes, you're toast. And everybody's had the experience, especially if you have your own humidor, where you have forgotten to replenish uh, the a little water. I have not done that because I'm religious about it. Well, you know, everybody makes mistakes. We're not here to judge, but I can say that, yeah. If you, I won't judge you. <laughs> if you forget it, and then, you know, a month and a half later, you look at the cigars, and you're like, oh, jeez. Oh, you're just like, come on. Because you know what you did And wrong. that's a month later. So imagine several right. years. I'm trying to bring it back and treat it a little bit better. It went a little too far. That cigar was... It was not wet, but it was very hydrated. (laughs) Supple. Truly, it was not. It really was supple. 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 It was soft when you, cigars, when you squish it, it should have a little bit of give. It Honestly, it should feel like leather. Really good quality leather is exactly what your cigar should feel like. You shouldn't hear any crackles. Yeah, no, no crackles. Crackles are bad. I am about two-thirds of the way through. Pinching the David off here. You probably can't hear this, but I hear a little crackle to it. I'm two-thirds of the way through. It's dried out because it's heating up as it burns. Again, it's on fire. It's expected. But, you know, it's not expected if you haven't even lit the thing. So when you go in a cigar shop and you're shopping for cigars, give it a little squeezy. And if it feels like leather, you're doing great. Uh, It should even look like very high-quality leather, kind of that shine to it. That's what we talk about with an oily cigar. Correct. And when you you say oily cigar, it it implies there's a little shine on the wrapper and everything else like that. It doesn't feel greasy. I'm specifically not using the word greasy. Correct. It feels oily. Well, yeah, and there is a there there is a difference there, and again, there's a, very much a difference. I I mean, tobacco has essential oils. Tobacco oils in the product because it's a natural product, and so those oils are going to be in the leaf itself. And that's why you your humidors are made of wood because wood is a very drying out uh, has a very drying out characteristic. Especially if you know anybody that does a lot of woodworking, their yeah. hands are always dry. Always dry, and they always need to be moisturized because wood will dry things out. Yeah, and that's why. I mean, in essence, a humidor you were drying out the cigar, but you're drying it out at such a low level right. with the water source. You're controlling it. It's a control. Like when you light it, it's a controlled burn. It's a right. controlled hydration. You're trying to control it, and you know that's what you're trying to do so that you can keep the cigars in optimal condition yes. because that way when you get your family or friends coming over mm-hmm. you can they're always happy to see you because you're always handing them a cigar that you really like yeah and everybody knows that and that's why you came over so when i had this previously dehydrated and now overhydrated cigar it was a fight to keep it lit because it's so Wet. saturated with water at that point that I mean, water and fire, we know what that does. I don't need to explain that too much. The other reason why you want to keep it at the optimal level is that um, there are certain, it's a natural product. It's a leaf. And there are such a thing called tobacco beetles. They... Yeah, tobacco has its own. Guys, I need you to just accept this. Get over the squickiness factor of it there are in the cigars that i'm smoking right now that wes has in his mouth there are beetle larvae in the wrappers in the filler in everything that's a perfect ring right there we have wes is he just 
distracted me because he's pointing at a smoke ring. Perfectly smoke we ring. We do that. It's sorry. Right. We just got to acknowledge his perfection when it occurs. It was pretty good. But these beetle larvae hatch at temperatures above 72 degrees and above 72% humidity. So if you're heat... If your humidor is over 72%, you start hitting 80%, the beetle larvae are going to hatch and they're going to eat their way through your cigars and we don't want that. And you'll know. I mean, you'll know. It's very evident. Yeah. So there are, uh, so we talk about, oh, the, the, the wrapper and if it's light or dark and everything else like that. Tell us the difference. Well, and there's, uh, what are the names? there are seven most common classifications for the... I think I know two. Okay, so give me those two that you think. Well, we have Connecticut, which is a light wrapper. We okay. have Maduro, which is Maduro is one, wrapper. check. Yeah, we got the... Check is the Maduro. So the... the um, so here are the seven going from lightest to darkest. It's the Candela, or double Claro, the Claro, the Colorado Claro, the Colorado, or Rosado, the Colorado Maduro, the Maduro and the Oscuro, or the double Maduro. And I've heard of two of those, and right. I consider myself quite adept at cigars. Yeah, and so we're I've in, heard of two, and we're and we're going by the formal names because there's a, there there's a difference between our formality of the cigar and what they're cl- like what they're clinically called versus what they are slang right. or the uh, the commonly used. But the Candela, the lightest one, this is where you get the very light, and it might even slightly be green. I have had a green cigar. And they are interesting. You That's what, ha- what happens when you pick uh, the leaves before maturity and it's dried quickly because of the chlorophyll. Because, again, uh, it's a plant. Sure. It's a plant. Uh, there are, is a little bit of chlorophyll, and that's what gives it a green. The Claro is a very light tan or might even be a touch yellow, which mm-hmm. I've seen and so has Absolutely. Lisa. The Colorado Claro is a medium brown. Okay. The Colorado or Rosado, which it probably should be called. The Rosado means it's a little reddish brown. Right. Gives you that little red color. The Maduro Colorado is the darker brown. I mean, everybody knows the difference between brown and chocolate brown. I mean, mm-hmm. we all have that. The Maduro is a very dark brown. And then the Oscar Oscuro, which is also called the Double Maduro, which is black. I've so, had one of those. I've, And it's labeled Oscuro. Um, I would estimate that this one we're smoking today is probably Colorado Claro. Correct. I would I would agree that it's a medium brown. It's, it's a medium brown. It's not light light, and it's not. It's definitely not whitish green. It's a medium brown. It's a medium brown. Now that being said, if you walk in a cigar store and you say I need a uh, Colorado Claro. They're not going to have a clue what you're talking about. Somebody will. A good cigar cigar store certainly will. They'll know. If you're trying to impress your friends. If you're trying to impress the lady you're with or the gentleman you're with, depending on where you're at. Go ahead and go in there and ask for a Connecticut. Yeah. They'll know what you're talking about. Correct. And as we've talked about, the lighter cigar um, tends to be the easier smoke. And especially if you're getting just into cigars, don't be afraid of the green or the yellow. uh, Because those will be very, very light. They'll be right. very, very relaxing, and they won't be as potent or as heavy, whereas a dark black or a chocolate brown they kind of cigar. They've a lot of flavor, baby. Well, yeah, I mean... Potent. Yeah. So potent. If you have you not smoked cigars before, you're... <laughs> okay, speaking from personal experience and the experience of a lot of people I've talked to, when you first start smoking cigars... You're going to hit those Maduro like nobody's business. You're going to get a little bit bigger than you should. It's going to knock you out. It will. I have gotten physically sick off of cigars, and it's just because I don't need to be messing with tobacco at that level, you know? Well, that's Let's the whole... tame it down. Right. I mean, that's the whole point. You want to make sure that this is enjoyable to you. Bingo. Right, and again, these are the uh, the colors that you're going to like, especially if you're just getting to it. Now, if you want to try a sampler, because every uh, yeah. cigar family, and we can name a bunch of them, the Fuentes, the Churchill, or excuse me, sure. the Davidoffs, um, will have a sampler. And these sampler packs will have maybe three or four cigars. They'll be light, medium, and dark. And yeah. it's the Goldilocks. It's That's what, that's who you are, you're Goldilocks, right? Yeah. You've got the three 
porridges. And it's either too hot, too cold, or just, just right. right. And everybody's different. And you might think to yourself, I'm going to try the dark one. And you might think to yourself, yeah, I'm down. I really like that. Right. Or you might check the dark one and be like, uh, no. Well, even when I first started smoking cigars, I do the Maduro. I loved it. They're, they are really flavorful. If you're going for a cigar flavor, you can't beat Maduro. But, you know, every once in a while, it's going to punch you in the face, and you're going to feel physically sick. I, that happens. you got to be ready for it. You gotta be ready. Well, and you know that going in because the darker the red, and if you don't, I mean, and don't be afraid to ask. I mean, the part of the finer things again, we talked about this, is you got to know how to ask for help. Sure. And this is a big deal: is asking for help and saying, "Listen, I'm in, I'm in the mood for this, or I'm celebrating that." And any good tobacconist Mm -hmm. at the cigar shop will be like, "Boom." And if they're not, if they look at you and they're like, "I don't." I don't know. What do you like? you got to get out of that store. Leave right now because they're selling Dangerous. cigars, but that's not what they do. They don't know what they're doing. Right. And don't be afraid. I mean, like I said, don't be afraid to ask. I mean, I, I go to, when I travel, I try to go to different cigar shops and mm-hmm. everything else like Same. that. And I know what I'm doing. And yeah. I'm pretty good at playing dumb. Okay. So let's revisit prior. This is one of the things that really gets me as a woman that smokes cigars is I will walk into a cigar shop and they I'm often and again and not she's educated a, she's not educated. a cigar lodge right I'm here. very educated especially as far as my cigars they will treat me like I don't know what I'm looking for they'll oh su- that's cute they'll suggest <laughs> I'll say yeah I'm looking for a Churchill I want a cigarillo, which are little bitty. They're about the size and shape of cigars. I mean, of cigarettes, but they're flavored like cigars. About three and a half inches in length and 21. Now, the other thing when we were talking about gauges, right? Right. The gauges are measured in 64ths of an inch. So So that's where the numbers come from. If you're talking about a, say, like I said, a cigarette tends to be about a 20 it's 20 sixty-fourths of an inch. Fractions. And I know that's not a beautiful yeah. fraction, but we don't reduce them in cigar yeah. world. Yeah, we don't, we're not we're not going to the lowest common denominator. We're just saying the, yeah. the top, when we say a 20 gauge, that is a 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 sixty-fourths. There you go. I had to the, help them a little. Of the width, right? And so that's, uh, you know, but that's go, of an inch. I'll go into a... Cigar shop again, not the cigar lodge. They know me here. They know I know what I'm talking about, and they'll try and steer me towards an acid. Which acid brand is known for their flavors. There's plenty of people that like them. They're okay. I mean, they are what they are. I don't hate acid brand. They advertise for flavored flavored cigars for a very specific purpose. And they are like what you would stereotypically know about of a flavored cigar. That's what the acid brand is. And they do a fine job of doing it. They do a great job of doing it, but that's not what I'm looking for. Like, I remember one time specifically, I was looking for cigarillos. And I want like Davidoff cigarillos. Well, Davidoff is not flavored except tobacco and cigar flavored. Um, And they're trying to get me to buy these acid cigars. And I'm like, no. I want a Connecticut, this type of wrapper, I want this brand, and they're just looking at me like they don't have a clue what I'm talking about, and I'm thinking, my God, if I was a man, you would not be steering me towards these. It, it's stereotypical. Like, it's like it, I, it, 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 Unfortunately, it is. I, that's you know. the experience that I have a lot of the time in a lot of cigar shops, and that's kind of the reason I keep coming to the Cigar Lodge is... They treat me like I know what I'm talking about. And she I does. appreciate that. I really appreciate that. So, you know, that's one of the other things. If you're a woman that smokes cigars, you know what I'm talking about. If Don't be shy. If you're a woman that you're interested in cigars, but you don't necessarily have a lot of experience, be forewarned. You will probably experience this. You go in looking 
and they're trying to steer you towards, oh, we have this coffee-flavored one. Oh, look, this is cherry vanilla. Yeah, well, or, you Cute. know. Cute. Yeah, it's... I mean, that has its place. Yeah. I won't turn down a coffee-flavored one. I love coffee, but... Here's your Bud Light. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. Exactly. Yeah, and don't be, don't for, and again, ladies, uh, you know, stereotypically, don't be, uh, don't be afraid to ask a phone a friend here. Um, you know, I, if uh, you know, if you know me and you're interested in smoking cigars, you know Lisa and you want to interested in smoking cigars, we'll we'll walk you right through it. I mean, I had a uh, uh, in something that could only be described as something that would happen in my life. Um, I was at a uh, cigar place, and a one of the court staff, uh, members of the court staff that I knew, walked in, and uh, she was interested in smoking cigars and everything else like that, and we recognized nice. her. It's one of those recognitions where you're like, hey, it, it, you're not, you don't expect to see this person in a cigar shop. But... I'm going to wait until we're off the air and ask who, because I'm sure I know them. Anyway, continue. So, you know, she had some various different questions, and I was like, oh, you know, and I told the, because yeah. I knew where we were at the cigar, at the certain cigar place I because I knew the staff I, I tend to know the sure. staff most places I go yeah and I told the staff member I'm like yeah that she's looking for this kind of cigar and this is where she wants to go and this is the side I mean I can even describe where they are in the humidor right. so you know and I told her and I said you know what do you what do you and I asked her I said what are you in the mood for and she says well you know I'm going to sit on my porch or on my deck and I'm going to sit outside I'm going to enjoy the beautiful day and just sit down and relax and I said perfect I said, you're going right. to go get a Churchill, Connecticut wrapper. Yeah. I think I recommended a uh, white label for Monte Cristo. You can't go, Perfect. You can't go wrong with a Monte Cristo white label. And she went and got one. And See, if I was standing in the back for this conversation, I'd be nodding. I'd be like, yep, that's he steered you exactly right. right. This is exactly where you need to be. And uh, so she bought it. Took it home, and so I saw her the next week, and she looked at me like I had just given her the lottery ticket. She's like, that was perfect. That's exactly yeah. what I wanted. I go, well, that's the whole point. I said, you know, and we sat there, and this is in a court, too. I mean, we're sitting there, you know, gabbing. We're chewing the fat, if you will, and she's, you know, we're talking about it. And we got talking to such an extent um, that I had cigars in my pocket that, uh, you know, she reached into my pocket to look for the cigars. <laughs> And the judge who happened to be watching this event was like, what is going on over right. there? <laughs> and I said, well, we're just having a uh, conversation and uh, that's all you need to know. Right. You know, this is nothing, I mean, is it, it has nothing to do with the legal process or anything else like that. Just people being people. And, uh, you know, and I was helping her out and everything else like that. But that's, if, if, yes, she knew. And I could tell that you don't want to intimidate somebody. And it takes sure. a lot of, I mean, again, again, I get it. It takes a lot for a girl to walk into a cigar lodge by herself or, you know, Well, because of shop. the experiences that I just said. And a lot of the time you never know what you're walking into and you have to assume, well, 95% of them, they're going to treat me like I'm stupid. Right. And not the West man. So I uh, no. I told her, and I gave her the Monte because again, you can't mess up a Monte Cristo white label. And it's pretty tough. Yeah. Pretty tough to do. <laughs> and if if, and then, if I was, and I thought, I told her, I said, if I was out on my porch and I was enjoying the afternoon and I was surveying my lands with mm-hmm. a bottle of wine or a bottle of scotch, that's the cigar that I would take. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I gave her three yeah. cigars. I gave her the Monte Cristo white label. I gave her the uh, champagne from Perdomo, uh, which Good is choice. quickly coming to Lisa's uh, favorite. Um, and these are all solid. It's a solid choice. I think the champagne is maybe a little more nicotine heavy. So if they're not a typical cigar smoker, I might steer them away from that. But were you wrong to include it as a suggestion? Absolutely not. Yeah, no. Because you want to give, again, you want to do a sampler. Because again, Lisa's palate different than Wes's palette. And right. if I give you three choices, I know that you you can pick any one of those three. You're not going to have a bad experience. Right. And if you bought all three of them, you would try all three of them and be like, you know what? I really liked A, but you're going to be like, I liked A 95%. I like B at 93%. And I like C at like 89%. So we're, right. it, you like them all, but it's just... You're, you're like going to the precise mood. I mean, and that's right. really the big deal is because you're it trying is. to match it. And I would argue that, you know, those percentage differences, it's maybe based on the day you had and that particular set of circumstances. They're all good. They're all solid. And, you, can't go you know, your day might be different. That might be the only difference in there. 
Because if you haven't smoked cigars, it's similar to wine. I remember when I first started drinking red wine, yeah. I'm like, I, all these people are talking about, oh, I taste the oak, and I don't, I, I'm not tasting that. I'm You're looking around like, what are you guys talking about? Red fermented grape juice. And I don't get it. And then I remember that exact moment when I'm drinking wine, and I... And, I remember this moment. I abused the hell out of this wine. My sister, I got to tell the story. My sister had given me a bottle of red wine from Texas. Now, Texas is not necessarily a you wine region, guys. Yeah, you wouldn't pick that as your first choice. But that's where she lived. And she sent me this bottle of red wine. And I tried some. And I'm like, this is just not for me. I like white wine. I open it. Drink a glass, pop the cork back in, and set it on top of the refrigerator for a year. Now, anybody who has any clue what they're doing with wine will tell you, oh my God, what did you do to that poor wine? It was Texas to start with, so, you know, you're not doing any favors here. Put it on top of the refrigerator. It was not helping. It heats it up, which is exactly what you don't want for wine. I swear to God, it had to be vinegar at the end of that year. But I tried some. I thought, eh, okay, I'll try another glass. And I did. And it was like, oh, my God. I've heard people talk about the oak in wine, and I've never tasted that before. And I did hear. And so I went out, and I bought another bottle of red wine. And I'm like, okay, I got I to see if I can taste that. And it was the first time that I had, like, tasted the terroir of something. And I got into it, and it was, okay, I want to try a Cabernet. Okay, I want to try a Chardonnay. Wetted her whistle. And it was, I've got to discover new things. And I, when I got into wine, I'm still kind of this way. I don't like, I don't like blends. That even applies to scotch. I don't like blends. I want to experience the thing as pure. Pure. Here, here's this Tempranillo. Here's this Cabernet. I want to know what this particular brand's Tempranillo is compared to this other brand, and compare the differences in those, and thoroughly, completely, 100% learn those differences. And then, okay, maybe eventually I'll spread into um, a blend once I have a clue what each one is bringing to the table. Like now, I know that I absolutely love Carbonier as far as wine. A lot of people haven't heard of it, but I don't think I've had a bad Carbonier ever. It's a South American wine, and a lot of people are like, mm, you don't drink wine south of the equator. Lisa does. Come on. Lisa does. Come on. Australia, South America, uh, South Africa, they've got beautiful The Syrah. Ones. Well, and, our, and for and another example, Lisa and I, our greatest arguments, and we do use that term loosely here, has been what exactly... <laughs> We're lawyers. We <laughs> argue literally over everything, it, but it, it doesn't come to blows. Yeah, so yeah, that's not what we mean by arguments. Civilized people. Um, she said that, you know, blends versus the single malts. I like blended scotch. And he does you, like blended and scotch. And usually our biggest uh, disagreement is she'll be like, I'm not drinking that blended. And I'll be like, listen, it's pretty good. And it's just one of those, it's a, it's her, it's Lisa's unique tastes versus my unique tastes. I like blended. I also like single malt just as much as she does. I but won't say I don't like blended, but given I Given the mean, choice. Oddly, I, you know, we started this podcast... At the beginning of the year, it's now October 2019, and um, I got into scotch surprisingly recently. It was with my second trip to Scotland that we just reviewed we just at the did. start of the year. So I go back to Scotland, and I'm like, okay, I have the baseline knowledge. Where do I go from there? So I'm still... a baby in my scotch knowledge and it's the same as I was talking about with wine. I want to know the differences between Speyside and Highlands. Drill down. And so, and Speyside is in the Highlands technically but it's a very specific region and I want to know what the differences are 
in those two regions so that I can be I can fine tune here's exactly what I like. Now this second round of Scotland, the big long trip, it's actually my third trip there, and I discovered oh no, like I really love the sherry casks. I know I liked them before, but I didn't realize how much I really enjoyed them. It, you know, you fine tune it from there. Drill down. To your own specific tastes. Yeah. So to give the, to button up our gauge, uh, that we, you've, everybody's heard some names here. I'll go through some popular names that refer to the size of the cigar. Well, uh, remember. Sure. The names are referring not only to the ring gauge, to but the also the length. It's Correct. the combination of those two. And most often than not, these are named for uh, famous people or, you know, again, Churchill's are a 7-inch cigar with a 47 to 50. Uh, that's so funny. Lisa I'm I, handing him a Lisa, cheat sheet. Lisa and I have the same notes because I, I we, we have the same notes. Um, the one, you know, you've heard this before, the Robusto. Everybody's Robusto. heard of the Robusto. That's a four... Roughly a, a four and seven eighths uh, length cigar. So then, it's it's a little short. It's a little short. Uh, then you've got a and these are and I'm going to try to go from small to large. I'm going to try Do to go, go from small to large. So a robusto is going to be our smallest. Uh, you've also heard of the petite Corona, which is a you know a small Corona. We all can do that, and that's about a five and an eighth inch long cigar mm-hmm. and a forty two uh, forty two gauge out of sixty four. And you've got the Corona, which is five and a half and 42, so they're pretty close. Yeah. The Toro, which is what we have, that's uh, six inches long and a 50 gauge. That's something everybody, again, we talked about Churchill's. Uh, the Double Corona, as you can see, Corona uh, heavily, heavily favored as far as our yeah. terminology is concerned. A Double Corona is seven and five eighths inch long, and it's a 49 gauge. The Presidente is eight inches long with a 50 gauge the grand corona is nine and a quarter inch by 47 and that's the longest one that you're going to find these are the if you get somebody a grand corona that is a smoke i mean that is a it is, is and i would argue don't do that not your first time again, not the, your first time the tar is building up as you draw so the longer that cigar the fatter that cigar you know you're going to be drawing tar and it's going to build up, and you're not going to be smoking all of that cigar. You might need to quit about two inches instead of, like, I'm on my Toro, and I have an inch left of it. And she's going to smoke that until she burns her fingers. Let's not lie to each other. Yeah, I kind of need a roach clip for my cigars. I smoke them to the end. Well, especially a Davidoff, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're going to get the full experience. So, yeah, the, the Grand Corona is the big one there. And that's the, again, it, this is all, because a part of these, the length is also goes to, is a function of time. So, if... To a certain degree. I mean, I have found that, you know, a Toro will smoke about as long as a Corona. The difference between them, they're... Pretty close in size. Pretty close in size. The Churchill is maybe a little bit longer. Again, they're close. It, for me, it's a function of time because I'm usually sitting down and relaxed, uh, enjoying myself a uh, scotch. And so you've got to decide how long you have. You know, again, if this is the end of the day, right before you go to bed or something yeah. else like that, you may be looking at a, a little robusto, uh, something short, nothing fancy, and that's all the time you have. Or if you've got an afternoon and it's you and your boys, you're playing cards. Yeah. And you're going to be there all night. I might smoke a Presidente. I might smoke a Grand sure. Corona. I mean, you could go that long. And I wouldn't mind because I'm going to be there for a while. You're playing right. cards. You're having fun. You're, you're enjoying losing yourself. losing track of time anyway. Time is no matter, right? And that and that's part of the function of smoking a cigar is you're not truly worried about time because you're just there to enjoy it. You're in the moment. And we've talked about that, uh, about the finer things, about just being in the moment yeah. and enjoying that cigar like Lisa had indicated earlier, she'll sit down for the rest of the day. She'll have that smoke. She'll go through her mental checklist. Yeah. She'll go through this. She'll go through that. Mm-hmm. And it'll be one of those things where it just keeps going and going. So, this has been The Finer Things. I'm Lisa. 
And I'm Wes, and we are podcasting live from the beautiful Members Only Lounge here at the Cigar Lodge in Akron, Ohio. Where can we find you, Lisa? Intercut Girl on Instagram. I'm at Jet Set Lawyer again. Thanks for listening. You can find us at the, our Patreon account at patreon.com slash the Finer Things Podcast. We appreciate your feedback. And before we finish, Lisa, give me one good thing. Okay, I got a great thing, and it's why we're drinking McCallum and smoking David off. I'm celebrating. My daughter was accepted into college. She told me um, late last week, Friday, I think, and it's not only the first college that she was accepted into, but it's her choice. It's the one she wanted to go to, and she gets... Probably, it's still got to be finalized. She probably gets a scholarship that pays for every single dime. And so, man, I'm celebrating. Huge. Yeah. Huge. You can get out of college without debt. Do that. Congrats to her. Yeah. The one one good thing that I have is that we have uh, parent-teacher conferences in kindergarten, which I did not know existed. And we are doing A-OK. Wait, you didn't know those existed. First of all, uh, no, because it's kindergarten. What are you supposed to learn in kindergarten? Uh, how how, how not with scissors. And not hit each other. Yeah. It's not a high bar. Are your kids hitting those metrics? No. We are, well, yes, we are hitting all of those metrics, and we're, we're hitting them in spades. So Great job. That's my, you know, buttressing on that. My, uh, my That's my one good thing for today. So, again, thanks for listening. Get our Patreon account, patreon.com forward slash the finer things. And until next time, thanks for listening. Bye, guys.